watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV, we want to welcome you very specially. Thank you for joining us and following our, our broadcasts. I pray that the Lord will continue to reach you where you are in the name of Jesus. For those of you that are in nations that find it very difficult to use your data because of uh, the problems with bandwidth, we also have audio versions of the messages. You just need to let us know and we will be sending you the link. Some of you have asked for podcasts. We haven't put them in podcasts just yet. But we have audio links that you can just link to on our website. Uh, all the messages of the year are there in different folders. And may the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. And to those of you who are here today, thank you very much. To those of you who are here today, I want to say that the Lord who has brought you will surely do you good. In the name of Jesus. So today we are looking at the mystery of predestination. Last week we said the foreknowledge of God is in twofold. One is the fact that God does know all things. He is truly omniscient. And when we say all things, that means all things in time and space. He knows everything before time. He knows everything in time. He knows everything after time. There is none like God. He said, there is none like me, Isaiah chapter 46. We read that last week. He said, I declare the end from the beginning. That is why he's so confident to say, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are of good and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. To bring you to an expected end. Only the person that knows the end of a matter has the confidence to say such things. Hallelujah. And he has assured you that there is a glorious end and there is a glorious future for you and I. And so I want us to continue to be strengthened in those words. And so today we are looking, as we have highlighted on our banner, the mystery of predestination. Say with me, the mystery of predestination. So we want to thank God for that. Our key verse has been Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Let's read it together as it's projected. Sorry. Thank you. Let's read it together now. For whom he foreknew, Romans 8.29. Are we there now? Okay, let's read together. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Somebody say many brethren. Of whom I am a part. Say of whom I am a part. So it is not a curse, or it is not wrong when we call each other brethren. It is very right, it is very apt, because the Bible says that we are the many brethren, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself is the, has been made the firstborn. The only begotten son that through whom we have all become adopted sons. Hallelujah. It is beautiful. And so as we look at the mystery of predestination today, I just want you to stay focused in gaining a deeper understanding. Last week, as I said, we looked at foreknowledge and said one of the first things is the fact that he's omniscient. But much more, foreknowledge also means that he is the God that loved us with the kind of knowledge that is akin to conjugal love, the deepest form of love that can be expressed. 
loved us before the foundations of the earth. So that when we were born, all that was done is the love was extended to us. And as a marriage, as a marriage proposal is made from a groom to a bride, uh, he has made the same proposal to us by the Holy Spirit. And as many of us that received him, he gave power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. May we continue to enjoy the fullness of our sonship in the name of Jesus. So the word sonship, bride, church, brethren, all refer to the same thing. The people who have been called, the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones, it all refers to the same thing because we have all been called unto our Lord. So the Bible says, if he whom we are the ones he foreknew. You see the word whom is a small w which is referring to you and I. But the he is talking about the Lord God Almighty and Jesus. The Bible says for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. So we whom he foreknew, he also predestined. And what we are looking at today is to understand the mystery of this predestination. Divine predestination means that God in his own wisdom has a purpose that is determined long before it is brought to pass. It implies that God also is infinitely, all-powerfully capable of making that same plan come to pass. God has no problems whatsoever in making anything happen as he chooses to. However, because of who he is and his divine, his divinity, he created you and I as humanity and he gave us a free will. He gave us the ability to be able to decide to do as he desires or to do otherwise. Now that is God in his magnanimity replicating himself because he has all power, all will and he wants, the Bible says he created you and I in his image and so he desires that you have also the capacity to be willed, to have your free will. But his desire uh, for you and I is that our wills will be submitted to his will and may the name of the Lord continually be praised as we submit to his divine will in the name of Jesus. Look at Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 24. The Bible says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so it shall come to pass. I say it shall come to pass. He said, And as I have proposed, so it shall stand. I say, so it shall stand. Whatever God has proposed concerning you shall surely stand. In the name of Jesus. What is it? He said in verse 25 that I will break the Assyrian in my land and on my mountains. Tread him underfoot. The Assyrian talks about every evil walking of darkness around you. The oppressor. The invaders. Those who are taking undue space in your space. The Bible says give the devil no space. But you and I know very well that if by any chance he finds an inch, he takes a yard. If you give him just one millimeter, he takes a meter. He wastes no time. The Bible says he has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And oh, he does that with so much vigor all over the world. 
This is why we must keep crying out to those nations that are currently being ravaged by floods and hurricanes and stuff like that, wildfires, because the devil preys on such things. He uses such things to quickly claim lives as much as he can. But we must continue to understand that there is a God who promises that he will keep breaking the Assyrian that is in the land. And he will keep breaking it in your land and in my land. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and my mountains tread him underfoot. He said, then his yoke shall be removed from them and his burdens removed from their shoulders. From today, you will no longer carry the baggage of the enemy. I say you will no longer carry the baggage of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Let's read verse 26 together. This is the purpose that is proposed against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over how many nations? That includes your nation. That includes all nations. When the Bible says that hand is stretched out over all the nations... I want you to understand that it covers everything regardless of whatever you may be reading in the news today. His hand is still stretched out over nations. And so I want you to know that there is a nation in you. The Bible says that there were two nations when he described Esau and Jacob. Everybody is a nation. We're first cities and then we're nations. The Bible says we're a city set on a hill that can not be hid. So we must understand that when he talks about covering over nations... You and I must understand that it's talking first about your individual life and then our micro-nations and then our macro-nations as we grow up in scale. His hand is over all things and he's in perfect control. I say God is in perfect control. Verse 27 said, For the Lord of hosts has proposed, and who shall annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? No one will be able to turn back the hand of God upon your life. In the name of Jesus. When you get the hand of God, you get many things. The Lord told me when this ministry was starting, he said, Son, all you need to keep doing is to keep seeking for my face and keep seeking my hand. He said, when you get my face, you get my glory. When you get my hand, you get everything you need at any point in time. The Bible says his hand is not too short to save. The hand of the Lord will continue to deliver you. As you go on in your predestined journey of glory, as you go through the challenges of life and you face the Assyrians, you face the Jebusites, you face all the tormentors of life, I want you to know that the outstretched arm of the Lord will continue to reach you for a deliverance. It will continue to reach you for victory. In the name of Jesus. Many people do not understand in our day and age. They say, but... Pastor David, who are the Assyrians now? Are they an invading army somewhere? We're not in war. So who are these Assyrians? Friends, I want you to know anything standing between you and anything that looks like glory, anything standing between you and anything that represents glory and beauty in your life is an Assyrian, is an enemy. It is there by the devil to make it difficult for you to possess that which is already yours. But I decree that the Lord will continue to take down every Assyrian. In the name of Jesus. So God in his wisdom makes his plans known. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says, Surely the Lord does, God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. And before you start thinking about a prophet that you need to go to to understand these secrets of God, you need to understand that you are the prophet. Tell your neighbor for me, you are the prophet. That God will reveal secrets to. God will not do anything unless he reveals. 
The Bible says you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a peculiar people. You need to understand. So the Bible says that there are secrets with God. We established that last week. Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says the secret things belong to God. But the things that are revealed to us are for us and for our sons and sons. And the sons of our sons. So we must understand that everything that is on earth. We must stay in the place of willingness to receive the revelation from God who reveals secrets. How many people know that there is nothing you can do. When you have a child or you have a, a, a colleague at work or somebody that you want to tell something and they're making themselves unavailable, you know it's very, very difficult for you to pass the, across the information. You are trying to say, I, 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 can't, I understand what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And they're either talking or not listening or just distracted by something else. You know how frustrating it is on you, to you who is trying to save them from that danger? Now you can imagine God says, surely I will do nothing unless I reveal it to my servant. So why do we find things not going the way they ought to be? I want us to understand because the subject of predestination has brought in so much, unfortunately, confusion into the body of Christ. Many people thinking that if God knows all things and does all things, why then is there evil? Why then are things not going the way it should be as perfect? I want you to know that in the order of God, man has his place. There is no need God reveals anything to prophets, you and I, if we are not important in the equation. He might as well just carry on doing everything. But he reveals to us so that we take the actions that we ought to take. We, we, we take the behaviors that ought to be informed by the things that have been revealed to us. Praise the Lord. And so in your personal life, as you are working towards your predestined glory in God, you must understand that there is a purpose of God for your life, but you must stay in the place where you are allowing God in prayer, in studying of his word, in fellowshipping with the saints. We can never do without these three things. In doing these things constantly, you allow God to reveal to you the secrets that will shape your life. I want you to know that when God reveals any secret to you, it is liberating. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It is so liberating. It is so assuring. I've given you the testimony of how we found this building so many times. It, is, it was so liberating when God said to me, look to your left. That building is available. And then he said, by available, I mean it is available to possess. It is available to, to have. It is available for the things that you need to do. The people will be available. The money will be available. The anointing will be available. The energy will be available. Everything available. Hallelujah. When that word came to me, I was still flying out to Dubai for more than seven, six, seven hours of that flight. The word available, available, available was ringing in my head. I could hardly wait to speak to my wife as we landed. I called her. I said, don't ask, don't bother about the price. However, they called the price. It was a heavy five-figure sum. He said, whatever the price, God said it is available. I didn't have four figures saved up for it. But we are here today. Because the secret thing was revealed. The secret word of availability was revealed. I decree that in your life, the secret things you need to know to keep moving towards your destiny will, keep making, will be made manifest to you. In the name of Jesus, you will never lack the ideas that you need again. In the name of Jesus, 
when you are in a team and one person needs to be promoted, there are certain things that person needs to know that others don't know. And I'm not talking about doing the, the worldly things of bootlicking and backbiting and those rat race things. I'm talking about doing the right things. When you do the right things in holiness, God will distinguish you like Daniel. He will take you out of the prison like Joseph. Joseph was a common prisoner. We remember him today as a prime minister. But he was not a prime minister first thing in Egypt. He became a common prisoner. He started as a servant. But God who reveals secrets, reveals the right secrets to him per time. And he moved towards his destiny by reason of that revealed secret. You will keep moving towards your destiny in God. As the Lord will keep revealing to you the secrets of your life. In the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 41. God loves us so much. Verse 8 he says, but you Israel are my servant Jacob whom I have chosen. You are the descendants of Abraham my friend. (laughs) When God calls a man his friend, you know it is serious matters. Verse 9 says, You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from the farthest regions and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Tell your neighbor for me, you are his servant. He has chosen you. He has not cast you away. Now go to verse 10 as you tell your neighbor for me again. Fear not. For he is with you. Be not dismayed. For he is your God. He will strengthen you. Yes. He will help you. He will uphold you. His righteous right hand. Will keep you going. Will keep you strong. In the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a big hand. We need to be reassured in these things. A lot. I find that the devil is not so much interested these days in messing up the world. Because the world is already a messed up place. It has been for a long time. But it's very, very keen and very highly interested in messing up the body of Christ. Because that is his last straw. The hope of the world is Christ. And we are the ones that have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so you and I must understand very specifically that the body of Christ needs to come to a place of deep understanding, deep revelation, deep insight into the heart of God for what he wants for us as individuals and what he wants for us and what he expects of us as a people that he himself has called unto himself. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. He said, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. There is a separation you have been separated unto. You see, we must understand that it is a special grace that God has used to call us. He said, through his grace. Hallelujah. This is why when Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, let's read together. He said, blessed be The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places where? In Christ. Verse 4. Let's read together. Just as he chose us in him 
before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now I want to explain quickly how chosen works because that's another big controversy in the body of Christ and in the world generally. People thinking that God chose some people and he did not choose some. And so that it is impossible for some people to be born again. That is a lie of the devil. John 3.16 explains it so simple. Simply. For God so loved. For God so loved. For God so loved. That's it. The, the, the world includes everyone. It didn't say for God so loved some that he selected in the world. So we need to now understand when he says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, we need to read that verse in the context of what he's implying. What he first means there is that there is a decision that's been taken before the foundation of the world. Before we were ever born, that decision has been taken that we will be holy. We will be without blame in him, in love. Like I explained to you last week that the foreknowledge of God was all as a result of the love he has for us from the foundation of the world. Then we come back to the choosing. Everyone that responds to the invitation to be, to, to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, become the chosen. You didn't get that. You become chosen not because he singled you out, but you become chosen because you responded to his love. Everyone chosen in this world is chosen because we responded to the love that was expressed. My wife is chosen to me today because she was the one that responded to my proposal. You have heard my stories before. Some did not respond. Some ran away and dumped me. <laughs> but when I found the one that decided of her own to respond, she became my wife and my missus forever. That's how it works. So I loved, I wanted, I expressed. The same way God expressed to everybody. But only those who respond become the bride of Christ. They become the one that complete the puzzle of those that have been chosen from the foundation of the world. So let no one ever confuse you again when you are sharing with your family members and friends. And say, do you know that God says he hates some people and that he, he did not like some people? No, 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 no. What he says is that as many that responded are those whom he chose. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Verse 6 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 11 goes on. It says, in whom, in him also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined to what? The purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So his will is, I love the world. I love you. 
This is Jesus Christ, my son. My will is that you accept him so that you can become my adopted son, my bride, my church, my chosen ones that have chosen from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. That's why when Jesus was living in John chapter 14, he said, let not your hearts be troubled for I am going back to prepare a place for you. And now he said, in my father's house are what? He didn't say in, my, in heaven we are building the mansions. The mansions have already been built from the foundations of the earth. You and I are just waiting for time for him to appear or for him to call us home. Whichever one comes first to go and possess our mansions that have been built from the foundations of the earth. Hallelujah! The Bible says that in him we also have obtained. We will be dealing with joint inheritance in the course of this series. So I wouldn't stay too much on that. But we have already obtained it. I say you have already obtained it. In the name of Jesus. But that is just a tip of a lot of the nonsense going on today. The body of Christ must understand. When we rebuke the devil, we rebuke him from a place of authority. We don't rebuke him because we are afraid of him. Because Jesus said that there is evil. So we don't deny the existence of evil. We do not. We don't deny the fact that we have to work. We don't deny the fact that we have to keep having faith. Because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. We don't deny all those things. But one thing we will deny consistently is the fact that tries to portray the devil more than who he is. Hallelujah. We are more than conquerors already. I say we are more than conquerors already. In the name of Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 1. God has proposed these things. Verse 8. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God. The sufferings there refer to the things that we have to go through to just keep defending this truth, to keep standing on this truth. The Bible says in the end time, in the last days, perilous times will come and people shall have itching ears. They will be asking to be gathered unto those who will teach them false things, things that will appease their flesh. So there is a suffering you go through if you are rejecting that order. That is a plague of the end time. But you and I must understand that's one side of the suffering. There is also another side of the suffering where there will actually be physical persecution. And we still have that going on. We have it going on in, in many nations of the world today where Christians are still being persecuted for their faith. But the Bible says we share in these sufferings. We stay focused. Verse 9 is the reason why we do so. Verse 9. First Timothy 1, 9. Let's read together. He who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Hallelujah. The purpose of God establishes our journey and our destination. The grace gives us the spiritual energy, the wisdom, and everything we need to get there. So the predestined mandate, our predestiny comes with purpose and grace. It comes with the word of purpose and grace. Purpose maps out where we are going and who we are to become a glorified people, but his grace that brought us 
to the beginning of that journey also takes us through it. I say the grace of God will continue to be sufficient for you. In the name of Jesus. We know that many people in scripture were given their life mandates when God called them. We know about Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2. God said I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. We know that Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. The Bible says while he was in, being formed in the womb, he said in verse 5, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a what? A prophet to the nations. I want you to know that whatever your life may be looking like today, there is a blueprint of God of your life in, in, in the hand of God that all he sees is beauty. All he sees is glory. All he sees is his divine intentions of good concerning you. Hallelujah. He said his thoughts towards you are of good. Not of evil. Every time you see the evil, every time you see those things that are foreign to his thoughts, you have every right to say, Lord, I possess the intentions of your thoughts for me in this matter. And I reject every evil machination against me. In the name of Jesus. And God will keep giving you. The Bible says even when it is a temptation. He will make a way of escape for you. Even in that temptation. And so the Lord will cause you to continue to overcome. In the name of Jesus. I want us to always see. The predestination. Mystery. From the perspective. Of the Satnav. Many of us are very used to this technology today. I'm sure everyone is. When you preached a message on satnavs about 10 years ago, you had to explain what it was. But how times have changed. Some of us came from the A to Z. You know A to Z? Any of you ever used A to Z to drive? Yeah? Old school drive? <laughs> we got so used to it that even when satnavs came, we still bought and put in our glove compartments. <laughs> because those first satnavs were very wicked. <laughs> They will take you to another side of the country. <laughs> so while they were being perfected, we had a backup of A to Z. So when you find that you are not there, you bring out the, the real thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but thank God today, the technology is so perfect. It can move even between nations. If you take your car to France today, you can virtually just turn it on and it starts taking you, which is good. I heard that they even work in some fantastic countries. I won't mention those countries now. <laughs> But I was, I was very pleased to hear that they work there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Those countries, some of them have no street, name, street number or, or, or names. <laughs> the names change according to the mood of the people. <laughs> when we understand how the Satnav works, it helps us to understand predestination and our role in it. When you set your Satnav to take you to a place, let me mention the popular place, uh, Manchester. Or let me use London. And uh, it points you, you are right here in Warsaw, it points you to the direction of London and tells you, gives you options. Obviously, there are many routes, but it gives you the very common one, especially if you are going towards North London. It will take you through the, down the M6, join the M1, then you keep going south. Keep going straight on the M1, you should get to London. Very simple route, long but simple. Now, it gives you other options, M40, M42, and the likes. But you know what predestination is? That point that you used to see at the end of the flag, regardless of the route you take, is your predestined place. Hallelujah. That place that has a flag at the end, 
Because regardless of the roots it plots, you notice that it always comes to that place because that place is a fixed. Hallelujah. So anytime, even when you miss it, you miss a turning, it redirects you and tells you there are options. He will recalculate and say, now use this A38. You will still be able to join the A45 and blah, blah, blah. And you will get to M42 and you will still be on your track. It will cost you a little bit more time, but it still gets you to the destination. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. When you face the wrong direction, persistently, what does it keep telling you? Make a, make a, make a. Because if you keep going the way you are going, you will never get there. This is what predestination is. The destination is fixed. It's called glory. Glory Avenue is where you are going. There are many routes there. You could make some mistakes occasionally in his mercies like he did for a prophet like Jonah. In his mercies, he provided the fish, re-navigated him, and directed him to his direction. And he still got to Nineveh. If Jonah had gotten out of that fish and still headed the wrong direction, all he would be hearing is, make a U-turn. Jonah, make a U-turn. It would not have ended in Jonah 3. We would have probably had up to Jonah 10. Each chapter will be telling us the wrong places he went and then he heard, make a U-turn. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the mystery of predestination is simple to understand when we understand that where God is taking us to is a fixed place. All we need to do is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, the master navigator, to tell you, son, this is where you go. This is where you shouldn't go. And as you take those turns, and as you listen to him in obedience, you find yourself moving closer and closer to glory. Closer and closer to glory. I say you will be moving closer and closer to glory. In the name of Jesus. But friends, anytime you hear the voice, son, make a U-turn. Son, make a U-turn. Your prayer life is not as it ought to be. Make a U-turn. Fire it up again. You are missing fellowship too much. Make a U-turn. Fire it up again. You are not studying as you ought to study because in the study, you will hear more instructions that will propel you in the direction of your destiny. Make a U-turn. You are playing around with your spirituality. You are, you are frolicking with, with wrong people and they are making you, luring you into things that you ought not to do. Son, make a U-turn because I have ordained you. I have sanctified you. I have predestined you before time that your life is to be glorious. It is to be beautiful. And as you continue to obey the Holy Spirit, anytime you make a U-turn, it says now recalculating. Hallelujah. May the Lord continue to order your steps aright. In the name of Jesus. If Paul, who was going the wrong direction for so long and made a mockery of the church for so long and even wrought havoc in the church for so long could still be met by Jesus the merciful and redirected to his, on his mission to Damascus, what he was going to Damascus to do was very different. What he ended up doing from Damascus was very different. That same God will intervene in your situation. In the name of Jesus, the Ananiases that you need to meet, the Barnabases that you need to meet, rise to your feet. They are waiting for you at those various stops. You will locate them. 
I say you will locate them in the name of Jesus. Well,